It is the last week of the Advent series, which I, um, one, I'm glad that we get to be together this morning, and I am also elf colors because I was, I woke up this morning, I was like, what's Christmas Eve? Like, we're going for classy elf, you know, Santa in the off season. Right. <laughs> um, and it being the last week, we are talking about Jesus, his birthday. We've kind of gone through hope, love, joy, and peace. All of those candles lit. Also got the Jesus candle lit. And the um, I have joked the whole time in this series, we're like, Jesus is hope, Jesus is love, Jesus is joy, Jesus is peace, and Jesus is Jesus. And, <laughs> but uh, entitled the sermon, Jesus is the One, which um, a few years ago, I preached a sermon actually just called The One. Um, I think it was around the same time. And I don't remember if I showed these, this picture, but some of us, if you like movies, action movies in particular, this is an old school, like early 2000s, like The One is the name of the film. Good movie. If you are like me, you prefer sci-fi, and this is The One. Neo is the one, okay? And Neo being the one is unique because if you actually watch through the whole trilogy, there are a whole bunch of parallels to Neo being the one and Jesus being the one. And I know they're not trying to say Neo is Jesus, but at the same time, there is this kind of, I mean, it's Jesus is the one, so... (laughs) Every single time there is there this the one, it shows up in a lot with a lot of similarities to Jesus. Um, and then also, if you are like me, you are complex in your enjoyment of films, and you also grew up watching The Wiz. And if you didn't grow up watching The Wiz, you should watch The Wiz. Motown did a like. Uh, it's a 1970-ish version of The Wizard of Oz called The Wiz with Diana Ross and Michael Jackson and Nipsey Russell. And this is Miss One. <laughs> okay? She's the, she is, if you watch The Wizard of Oz, she's the Glinda for the munchkins. This is Miss One. The munchkins all adored Miss One, and she was always counting. One thing that all of these people have in common is that people place their hope in them. And that's the point of the one, is that their hope for salvation, their hope of not being, not, no longer being under the the oppression of the matrix (laughs) was rested on this one coming to set them free. And, um, and this one is no different, (laughs) Uh, but we're talking about Jesus as the one for all of time. 
He is kind of the prototype for all these stories as well. So before we jump into it, I want to pray. We'll be in Luke chapter 4, and I also will spend a little bit of time in chapter 2, but um, that's our primary area of Scripture. So let's pray. Father, thank you for loving us. Now we sang about it. For you loved us so much that you gave your one and only son to save us. Whoever believes in you, Jesus, will have eternal life. And that's a truth that we live by more than just sing. We live by, and it is a hope that we have. Thank you for coming for us, Jesus. We give you this time. May everything that I say bring you glory and build this body up. God, in Jesus' name, amen. So I told you we're going to be a little bit in chapter 2 because there's an important little moment in Scripture after Jesus is born. So you know about Jesus being born, Bethlehem, the star, the shepherds, the, I mean, the angels singing, all of that, the wise humans. We don't know how many. Could have been three. Could have been more. Could have been less. Just know it was more than one. Uh, They came to see him. But there's also a moment where they were following tradition. Joseph and Mary were following tradition. And on Jesus's eighth day of life, they took him to synagogue and they took him there to ultimately give him his name and also to bless him. It's kind of like a child dedication, you know, of sorts in our custom. And that's kind of where we're jumping in right now. So they show up at the temple. At that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The only, excuse me, the Holy Spirit was upon him, talking about Simeon, and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. That day, the Spirit led him to the temple. So, he, so when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord as the law required, Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace. As you have promised, I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people, Israel. For a moment, just stop there. Put yourself in Joseph and Mary's shoes. You're just bringing a baby. (laughs) Be dedicated. And you know, like you've had enough dreams at this point to know that Jesus is more than just a regular baby, right? You're Mary, you're Joseph. You've had enough dreams at this point. You know, okay, this ain't a regular baby. But someone for whom you have never met before takes your baby, does a Rafiki moment, (laughs) but doesn't just say, bless this baby, Lord doesn't just say, make this baby prosperous, doesn't just ask the Lord to keep the baby in peace and in health, doesn't ask that the Lord will give the baby good grades and make his career successful and dot, dot, dot. Absolutely not. 
he begins praising God because the baby himself is all the blessing that he's been waiting for, all the blessing that the world needs. The prophecy that Simeon is, the moment that Simeon is blessing is also, is this remembering this prophecy, but also being able to declare it with full confidence, this is the one. Whew, I can die in peace. I've been waiting for a long time. Let me bless this baby and I'm going to just lay here. <laughs> Take me, Lord. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's basically what's happening in this moment. Jesus is the one, the one for whom Simeon's hopes rested on. Jesus grows up. And that's kind of where we get into Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4 is kind of the primary text, but I felt like it was important for us to see because Jesus is about to say, I'm the one too, right? <laughs> the one too felt weird. The one also. Now, Jesus is about to say that he is the one. But I felt like it was important that before Jesus said it, before Jesus could even talk at that point, someone else did. And I wanted us to see that. But when we get into Luke chapter 4, Jesus is reading. It says this here in Luke chapter 4, verse 16. When he, Jesus, came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, he went as usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read the scriptures. The scroll of Isaiah, the prophet, was handed to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it, this was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. If I were you and I had a paper Bible, I'd underline that. And even if you, got, if you have a backlit Bible, find a way to put a star there. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim the captives will be released that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. Put yourself in the shoes of all the people around him. If you've watched this episode of The Chosen, you know how contentious this moment was. <laughs> you can put yourself there and say, ooh, that was intense. Jesus is reading in front of a, a group of people who have grown up listening to this scroll, anticipating this one, this moment, this Messiah, this Savior, this Lord, and Jesus, who grew up in this town, <laughs> comes up to him. So I need you to imagine that one kid that always got in trouble in fourth grade, Picking up the scroll and like, <laughs> the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me, right? Because like, <laughs> you grew up with him. You grew up with this person. You saw this. You changed this one's diapers. <laughs> That's why it was important for us to see that Simeon was saying it day eight. Jesus is saying it, proclaiming it to these people that know him. And they're receiving it or not receiving it. Either way, it doesn't matter. He's the one. 
He rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the attendant, and sat down. Because <laughs> he's the one. <laughs> and it don't take much more than that if you're the one. Yeah. Like, he's just like, listen, <laughs> sat down. <laughs> All eyes in the synagogue looked at him intently. Then he began to speak to them. The scripture you've just heard has been fulfilled this very day. We're not going to be here long because it's Christmas Eve. But if we go back to those pictures at the beginning, those first three slides, all of the individuals in Munchkin land or the Matrix or whatever place the Jet Li was in, their hopes, dreams, their faith was in the individual they called the one. And that's for us, not just as Christians, but the earth, creation, is Christ. That's the whole reason why we every single December do this. It's the whole reason for why the songs were selected the way they were today. It's the whole reason for why we get together and, and do all of this and, and remember something because the one for whom all of hope and all of salvation rests upon came. That's the story. And it feels like there should be something that's more like revelatory than that. Like, nope. That's it. Jesus is the one. It's not more complex. I want it to be, but it's not. So here's the, ch here's the challenge then. If in movies they can put all of their hope in the one that they have been looking for, can you put all of your hope on the one that has come, the only proven one? This movie doesn't end. Like, this, there's no credits here. There's no end credits. This is real life. Jesus is the one. And here's why I'm asking. Here's why I'm asking. Because the munchkins in munchkin land, they didn't have divided faith. It was really Miss One. The people in the matrix, if they were awake, if they had taken the red pill, <laughs> they weren't looking for another individual. It wasn't like, yeah, Neo, and I'm going to do it over here myself too, because I'm the one too. <laughs> but that's kind of how we approach this. We approach Jesus often as Jesus is a one. He's a one. He's like, I can put my hope in Jesus and I can also take care of it myself and I can put my hope in this and I can put my hope in that and my faith can be mostly in Jesus, but then I'm going to also make sure that I got a backup plan because Jesus don't always be answering me sometimes because sometimes he goes silent. And I'm saying to you, that the reason why they can depict a sold-out faith 
in movies is because they're pointing to a truth that actually exists in all of the cosmos. There is the one for whom we should place our faith in and be as devoted as characters in stories. But they're not real, Chase. Uh, Yes, they're not real, but they're pointing to something. If Simeon can see it and the disciples could see it, we can too. There's some of us who have been living with Christ long enough and we've gone through this back and forth of Jesus being the one today and perhaps not tomorrow and I'm going to make him back the one today. We know Enough. The pattern is Jesus is the one. Life is challenging. But when it comes to where I find hope, I don't find it in some politician coming to make this better. Jesus is the one. Life is challenging. And I've been diagnosed with dot, dot, dot. And while I'm grateful for doctors, don't get it twisted. My hope is in the one. Because even if this thing doesn't get healed and even if this doesn't turn out the way I want, there is still hope that's beyond what happens with this body and my mind. And there is something that I'm looking forward to that I only get from the one. And it's eternal. And it's sustaining. When we say Jesus is love, Jesus is joy, Jesus is hope, Jesus is peace, because he's the one. It's not, I said that it's not complicated, but I'm not trying to pretend that that's simple, because we actually do more debating and like have more conflict with Jesus and myself than I do with Jesus and other beings. The truth is we are all also predisposed to wanting to make us the one. When Jesus doesn't come through, I got you, God. And I'm asking you right now, regardless of, like, regardless of how long you've been in this, or even if you're in this faith system right now, can you make Jesus the one? Not the and, the Capital T. Here's the difference between Jesus being a one and the one. When Jesus is a one, I pray and I'm, and I'm good and I'm happy and I can show up in worship and praise when life feels good. And when it just is semi-bad, I can pray and like ask Jesus, take care of it. But when life gets to be trash and hard and bottom of the barrel, he's not the one. My coping mechanisms show up as well. <laughs> my, and my desire to figure it out also comes up. 
But if Jesus is the one, when life is at its most difficult, I actually press further into. I actually begin to pray harder. I actually begin to hope more deeply. And I actually find other people who also know Jesus. And not because I'm desiring an outcome. It's not always because I want God to do what I want him to do. It's because without acknowledging that Jesus is hope, then I start to spiral and lose it completely. When life is completely wrecked. And if Jesus is not the one, he's just a one, my peace goes out the window. That's, a part, that's why we talk about Jesus as love, joy, and hope, and peace. It's not just because those are his only characteristics. It's because at the end of the day, if he's not the one, that's when you realize I have zero hope when life is really challenging for me. I have zero peace when this situation shows up and I don't know how I'm going to actually pay that bill. I can't seem to find joy. I'm telling you, when Jesus is the one, it does not matter. What's happening around you, still, joy is present. That's the thing that Jesus does that the other ones don't do. And also, Jesus doesn't just say, come to me and I got it. Like, nope. I'm going to make sure that you have my spirit so you have it. So here's the other thing. Those other ones, you had to keep going to them. (laughs) Jesus was like, nope. Come once. I'm giving you my spirit, and now you've got it. Embrace that hope. Embrace that peace that comes from this one. Jesus is the one. And also, and this was actually what the title of the sermon was was supposed to be. Ben gave me a title, Jesus is here. (laughs) Some of you are like looking around, where? That's that part about that spirit. Spirit ultimately means the essence of the Holy Spirit The spirit of God is the essence of God. So when Jesus pours out his Holy Spirit on all humanity, those of us who are in intimate relationship with him embrace that spirit. We begin to be Christ and Jesus for this world that needs love and joy and hope and peace. When we say Jesus is here, it's because people who are absent of this love and joy and hope and peace, and when they're around you, they feel more love, joy, hope, and peace. It's because they feel Jesus with you. And you become mirrors of the one. Your life becomes more steady. And the lives of those whom you love become more steady. Perfect? No. (laughs) That's not the point. 
That's not the point. But the point is, in the middle of a storm, you can sleep in the back of the boat. Because there's a story in Scripture about Jesus that in a storm, he would sleep in the back of the boat. Not because it wasn't rocky and his face wasn't getting wet. But it's to say, I have hope. I have joy that sustains me. I have peace. And I have this love that does not take away every single problem, but doesn't allow me to be enveloped in every problem either. Jesus is here. Amen. 